FantasyFootball.com and the DLF family of podcasts. That's James the Brain. I'm feeling good. I'm donning my freshly acquired Jonathan Taylor Indianapolis Colts jersey. So, yeah, I'm representing today. Dodged a bullet with that one. It's not a Steelers jersey, too. That's Stompy the Bear. I also got a new jersey, James. I got my Drew Lock white jersey. Love it. MVP. <laughs> and it's me, it's me, it's that old SFD, John Hoga Superflex dude, and this is the Superflex Super Show. James, this is the first time I got to do that intro with you on here. Um, or, it's going it's to end up going poorly because they're going to isolate the the audio and then do something to it. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of take it as a slap in the face that you took an intro that I, I tried to do and you perfected it. And, <laughs> and now I'm just left here wanting. And now it's going to go pornographic, apparently. So whatever. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think that Stomp, I think you might overestimate how much people actually care about <laughs> about making me look bad. Um, Fair enough. Plus, it's, I mean, it's quite a bit easier than, you know, capturing a piece of audio and turning it into something gross. Like, just pick a feature. It's easy. But I get to do my second episode of the week. I get to, I get to catch up with both of you guys. And it's been a long, long time since the three of us have done a show together. Mm -hmm. Like, a long time. So, this is pretty cool. Uh, but we had to uh, we had to make sure to get together for this one because uh, this is a a series that we're going to do over the next few weeks um, that I came up with called Battlefield Superflex. Battlefield Superflex. This and is a big one. Yeah, <laughs> this is it's it's happening. Um, so the idea with Battlefield Superflex. Battlefield Superflex is we're going to prove once and for all that you want a quarterback at Superflex. At least that's my goal. You guys might have a totally separate goal with this, but um, we're we're going to go position by position today. Today we're going to talk about running backs versus the quarterbacks. So the idea being here, if you have a choice between the given quarterback and you know, a, a group of running backs, how good does that running back have to be in order for you to get him to put him in your super flex over that quarterback? I have a feeling that it's it's gonna take a pretty significant amount of of projected fantasy points for that running back to be more viable than a quarterback at Superflex. But I'm I, I I'm curious what you guys are gonna come up with for each of these players. I've got a, a player that both you guys can uh, can weigh in on here, and we've got a list of them. So um, kind of going in in order of ADP, I think um, the new uh, DLF Superflex ADP is coming very soon. Uh, it's not quite out yet, but we're getting there. Um, so in the meantime, we're going to uh, – I'm just kind of spitballing here, but we're going to – let's just get after this thing. Uh, round one here in Battlefield Superflex. 
Battlefield Superflex. Prepare for battle. We've got Jared Goff. What what type of running back do you guys have to have on roster? And here's the thing. Like, keep this part in mind, of course, is we're talking about a roster here where you're starting two running backs. You also have a flex position. Both of those have to already be full with a running back. So you can't just say, yeah, I'd start Saquon Barkley over him. That Saquon Barkley starting in your running back one spot. <laughs> running back two at the worst. Uh, and that's if you actually believe that Christian McCaffrey is better than Saquon Barkley, which he's not. So, And then you're also putting a running back at the flex position before you're even considering putting a running back at the super flex. So this has to be your running back four. And realistically, what is a running back four on your roster that you would actually start at super flex over Jared Goff? Whoever wants to start. I mean, I don't, (laughs) I don't know how feasible this is for me. um, But I mean, I'm looking probably mid RB two. Okay. So the, the one I had Josh Jacobs down, but I don't know if that's my line. I don't really like Josh Jacobs over Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I put down Derrick Henry here. Um, I'm, this could happen for me personally. I mean, he would be kind of my RB three, but I, I could feasibly do this in super flex because generally I start with two or three running backs. Um, but Derrick Henry's about that line there. Um, where according to DLF rankings, um, Derrick Henry's above Cam Akers, Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, Kenyon Drake. I, I mean, you can mess with the, the, uh, rankings there, but, I probably wouldn't start Cam Akers over Jared Goff just because I don't love that situation in LA right now because of the offensive line and with Sean McVay saying, oh, they're going to use all three running backs, and they did trade up to get Darrell Henderson. Um, Leonard Fournette, I think, could be running to the ground. I would rank him actually ahead of Derrick Henry, and Aaron Jones I would rank ahead of Derrick Henry. So I think Derrick Henry is about where I would be willing to do it because he's going to get near 300 carries again. I'm not worried about um, Evans there. De- Deontay, is that right? Uh, Darrington. 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 There we go. Deontay. Yeah. Um, Darrington Evans there. I'm not worried about him taking carries. Um, I've, I've said this number a lot. Ryan Tannehill only had 25 pass attempts per game he started last year. They were just ultra efficient. So, I mean, they're going to keep running the ball this year, and I I think Derrick Henry can put up more points more often than Jared Goff, I think. It's a good thing you fixed that mistake or else fantasy Twitter would have scalped you. Uh, (laughs) What? I mean, I – no, you Josh, can say the name wrong. Just don't just put him on the right team. Oh, that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's right. I it's who cares? Whatever. Doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. So I, I I went so the guy I went with is look in a startup, this guy uh what's let's say an established league, 
this guy could very well be your running back four because you wouldn't have taken him a year ago or two years ago to be your starting running back. He would have gone very late in startups. So if you would have started running back, running back, and grabbed a rookie running back that worked out, he could very well be your running back four, and that's Austin Eckler. Um, to me, I consider Eckler over Jared Goff. Um, I feel like uh, you know, he has PPR upside. He catches the ball fantastically. He's got a rookie quarterback who I believe is going to start in Justin Herbert. Um, and so I think that he's going to benefit from that. He'll be the safety valve. He'll be used a lot. I like what we saw from him last year before Melvin Gordon came back. And this year there is no Melvin Gordon. Uh, that backfield looks to be mostly Austin Eckler. So um, I, I like his role moving forward. And I could see him in a PPR week outscoring Jared Goff more weeks than not uh, at certain times. So um Again, this this is all dependent on roster configuration and schedule and that sort of thing. But I could see myself in the right situation taking Austin Eckler over Jared Goff. I sorry, I, I'm I'm not laughing at James right now. I'm laughing at John because I'm looking at the overall rankings on DLF for uh, Superflex two QB. I just ballpark it, James. Where do you think? <laughs> and I don't look at your screen. Where do you think that John has Jared Goff ranked? Hmm. Um, well, I know that he said that he thinks that that Rams offense is bound for a a, a rebound this year. So I'm going to say, and I know John's love for quarterbacks. I'm going to say 18th. You were two off. He's ranked 16th overall, not in quarterback overall. Yeah. yeah. And you, the next closest ranking is 65th. Uh. So. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I was I was I was looking to see what running backs are around um Goff. It looks like JK Do Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, Aaron Jones is in that in that area. Um Austin Eckler's a little bit higher, but he's only he, I mean and he's going ahead of actually Matt Ryan um based on where these these uh rankings. So, I mean, I think we're in the ballpark there where people would rank Eckler, Henry, a, a couple other running backs ahead of Goff, and and likely you probably start him there. I I know for me though, Goff is a QB one, um, based off of the way I draft. So I mean I don't think I would start anybody RB three or or less over Goff just because Goff's going to be starting for me most weeks. Yeah, and I mean, you guys did pick actually two running backs who finished in the top five in in twenty nineteen. It was it was definitely possible to get those guys on your roster based on ADP at the time and have them as your you know your your running back four. Um, so I mean, I think that you guys actually did find like pretty valid um, you know possibilities here. Um, I, I do want to point out, I guess, though, that both of these guys have uh, both uh, Henry. And, and so I've got some ADP for the month of May, some Superflex ADP. Uh, it's not complete just yet, but we've got enough of it that we're going to be able to get through this exercise. Um, Derek Henry is going in the third round, 3.03. Austin Eckler, 3.06. By the way, I took him at 2.07 in a startup. Suck it. <laughs> okay. 
Jared Goff is going 5'11". God, like, what is that? In Superflex? In Superflex. Oh. Yeah. yeah. See, so, listen, I value running backs high, and you uh-huh. value quarterbacks high, but I think both of us can agree that yeah. Jared Goff should be a top 10 quarterback in Dynasty. Correct. He has effectively three straight years of QB1 um, output, and he's going – I mean, that's got to be 20s in terms of quarterback. Uh, let me count real quick. One, two, three, 14. Quarterback 14. One spot ahead of Matt Ryan. Um, four spots ahead of Matthew Stafford. So, I mean, that's part of the I thing. I guess it's is- not terrible, but, I mean, there's guys that are ahead of him that I just – I can't get on board with Baker. Um, yeah. I'm sure that Daniel Jones is up there. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is up there. Yep. Those guys are both going in the fifth round. They're just a few spots ahead of Jared Goff. But That's crazy like, to me that you can get like the 14th quarterback off the board in the fifth the end round. of the fifth round. The fifth, yeah. 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 Which to me, that's the, that's the main point of this entire exercise is the fact that, you know, you, you're, you guys, for you guys, the line is Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, right? Like the the next quarter or the next running back off the board, also in the third round, was J.K. Dobbins. Who's who's the next quarterback after the after uh, Eckler? Uh, Carson Wentz. At what? Uh, he's going three oh nine. He's the okay. quarterback. Two, three, four, five, six. Quarterback seven. Okay. Going. Going a few spots after Austin Eckler, so yeah, I mean, J.K. Dobbins is the next running back. It, and it, this is just ADP. Like this isn't, you know, this isn't based on actual production, obviously, because we don't have that from J.K. Dobbins. But you've got, if you've got J.K. Dobbins, he's your running back four, and you've got Jared Goff as your quarterback two. Who's starting for you, you know, most weeks? If I, I have him as a quarterback two. Yeah, he's he's your second quarterback. Your your quarterback one is filled with, you know, who whoever yeah. all, Lamar Jackson. Um, I would probably lean Derrick Henry at this point. Yeah. No, I'm saying Dobbins versus. Oh, Dobbins. Oof, that's tough right now because is it? It'd be golf. Yeah. yeah, I well, it's tough because I think he uh, Dobbins landed in a fantastic offense where he's going to produce. Well, Mark Ingram, Mark, Mark Ingram's still there. Gus Edwards is still there. Justice Hill, however, how for those tr- believers that still believe Justice Hill is going to do something. Um, so this first year might be a little rough. I think he will take it over at the end of the year, but going into year two is when I think Dobbins will hit. Um, so I think it would have to be golf for this season. So for but for dynasty you would you would pencil in Dobbins ahead of yes. Goff. Wow. <laughs> okay. Let, uh, listen, wait, let let's. But uh, actually, we don't have time to make that argument. <laughs> yeah. Mark Ingram's only Mark Ingram only had two hundred and two rushing attempts, and I believe was a top ten running back last year. Mm-hmm. So Dobbins is better than Mark Ingram. Yeah, definitely. It, uh, but I mean, the whole point with this is like the it's going to start with the fact that the number of touches is just going to be 
far more limited for any running back than it is for a quarterback. The quarterback starts every every single play with the ball in his hand. Like I, I, I think that you've got to start with that qualifier. You know, so, but it, I, I mean, if you if you legitimately think that J.K. Dobbins is uh, going to be a better long term starter than Jared Goff, I, I mean, that you know, I can't really argue too much with that, uh, you know, objectively. <laughs> so I think mean, it's it, it it it's it's pretty- well, that's more of a belief in the Ravens and what they're doing, yeah, than anything. I mean, like I said, Mark Ingram. RB11 last year, 202 um, rushing attempts, only 29 targets. So he had under 240 touches, if you count touches or or targets as touches. And he was still the RB11. Now, I don't know how – I mean, I don't know if you can maintain that efficiency ever, but Dobbins is better. And I would expect after Ingram's gone, and I think Edwards will probably be gone too, that – Dobbins takes over as a three down back there because he can be, he is a three down back. And with Lamar there, I think the rushing efficiency is going to be fantastic because you have to account for not only the running back, but Lamar. And I think that's why JK Dobbins is going to light the league up. Maybe not next year, but after that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so James, you said this is your line though. Like you'll, you'll take Eckler, but not, uh, not Dobbins. Yeah. And I think, you know, ADP is different for everyone. I wouldn't take Dobbins that high. So it's, it's, um, it's kind of a different, different type of situation for me, but yeah, I, I, yeah. I would take off over Dobbins. Uh, and, and I think everything Snoppy said is true. It's, it's tough for me to project future stats based on, you know, what happened last year though. And, and so that, to me is difficult just because it's hard to keep somebody who runs the ball as often as Lamar Jackson does fresh, healthy, and ready for 16 games a year. And I think JK Dobbins, his value may be directly correlated to Lamar Jackson. So um, that to me has me concerned long-term. And so I, I just think Jared Goff and the quarterback position in general, you get more years out of at, at a high, um, you know, at a high click and, uh, and we'll get fantasy points out of Jared Goff for a long time. So I would have Goff rated over Dobbins for that reason, mainly. Okay. And then for this year though, you guys are both taking Goff for, for one year, which, which maybe that's what we need to focus on a little bit more because a lot of the, there, there's some of these guys who aren't like, there's not a whole lot of long-term viability. So, and my personal opinion is there's not a lot of that at the running back position. I know that, you know, these rookies, we can probably, we can pretty safely give them four years. And we're going to talk about some quarterbacks that I don't know that you're going to give them for you. And in fact, there's some of them that you're for sure not going to say four years from now, these guys are still going to be viable super flex options. Um, basically the bottom half of this thing is going to be that case. So, so maybe we'll just focus on this year. Um, you know, who, who would you project to be your starter at Superflex? So, so it sounds like that moves the line a little bit for, for both of you guys. Um, so the next running back, uh, after Dobbins would be Deandre Swift. Anybody taking him over Jared Goff for one year? No, not with carry on there. Okay. Okay. 
Yeah. So in it, so in I it, wouldn't. I would not. So yeah, I would not take Dobbins this year over yeah. Goff. And I, okay. I think yeah, Derrick Henry is about my line there. Or okay. and I agree. I actually agree with Austin Eckler too. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it sounds like you guys are pretty much in lockstep there. And again, I mean, there's there's about a two and a half round difference. So you know, the entire point being here that you know you could you you could really get you know the just the difference in the price between you know the running back that can actually overtake the quarterback like it's 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 pretty significant here so um you know and and we are looking at dynasty adp that throws things off a little bit but man like i i, I think that in in redraft Goff is only going to go later. Like he's actually buoyed by the fact that these are dynasty rankings. So um, I, I I think that it's kind of showing, a, a to me at least, this is showing an inaccuracy in ADP and in the way that we're drafting. But um, I, we'll keep going and, and I'm going to be curious what you guys kind of take away from this entire, this entire battle. Um, next quarterback though, that we want to talk about here. Prepare for battle. Oh man. Here we go. Aaron Rodgers. <clears throat> give me a, give me a running back. The kind of the worst running back that you or the, yeah, the worst running back that you could have is your running back four that you would still start over Aaron Rodgers. Well, I think we 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 agreed on this one. We both said Kenyon Drake. Yeah, and and that's that's like the tip of the iceberg for me. Give me any of the top five rookie running backs too. Um, I, would I think I agree, I think I agree with that. Too. What? Yeah, you guys are taking Cam Akers yeah. over yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For one year, we're not talking dynasty. We're yes. talking yeah. one year. Yeah. Yes, and definitely, yeah. So he he has one pass catcher, and then what? He's got the same thing he had last year. Oh, and then and then they what did they draft? Uh, his his eventual replacement. Oh, it, I'm not even talking about Jordan Love. What they draft after that? Another running back. That's fine. Oh, okay, that's fine. It, it's it's not any different than what they had last year. Oh, except for the coaching staff actually said, "Oh, we're gonna commit to the run more." Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, well, he, here's the thing. If you're Matt LaFleur, hmm? what is the point of even calling a play and sending it into Aaron Rodgers? You think he's actually gonna gonna run the plays that Matt LaFleur tells him to? Well, if not, then Jordan Love will. Or he'll get yeah, he, yeah. I think, yeah. I think he'll be traded. Yeah. yeah, he'll be he'll be traded in into a much better situation because there's not a worse situation than what he's in right now. Well, I mean, he's aging, so I don't know what – I mean, I don't know what don't. he can really do about that situation. Do you think Washington is a better situation? Yes. You lose Devontae Adams, you get Terry McLaurin, yep. and who else do you have? You've, you, I mean, you still have those pass-catching running backs. You've got Kelvin Harmon. You've got – Who, know, who are the pass-catching running got. backs? Geis, Gibson. Geis is dead. Geis is not dead. <laughs> He's well, very he has much no alive knees. and well. He 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 looks like the uh, the dad from King of the Hill. <laughs> no, 
they're still there. They just don't work right. Oh, so he's going to be, he's gonna be good if he doesn't work. His knees don't work. <laughs> that, I mean, uh, Eric, you can call Aaron field, Jones a pass catching ball. back. Yeah. Aaron Jones did great catching the ball last year. Jamal yeah, they, Williams is a good pass catcher. Who is AJ Dillon? Uh, I do not believe so. He's more like Derrick Henry. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, these guys are still going to catch passes, but no. The, the point he's, is, he's going to be in a better situation with with Ron Rivera, just based. So on now, the fact so that now, now we're this. talking about hypotheticals that aren't going to happen. So let's be realistic here. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to do that with you. It's not. But, that's not a high good hypothetical. That's not going to happen. They're not trading Aaron Rodgers. They might cut him after this year. Who the hell is going to take that kind of contract for a 36-year-old? Yep, for a 36-year-old quarter. Cam Newton can't find a job. 36-year-old Aaron Rodgers with that contract. Aaron Rodgers. You tell Tom Brady just got what 30 million a year? Yeah, but he hasn't. I mean, again, like look at the trajectory of their downhill slope. Brady's been slowly going down for a long time. Aaron Rodgers just kind of went beep, boo, just started Tom, dropping. It's Tom like Brady. that, the bomb sound. Well, yeah, when you're at the top of the world, there's a long way to fall. I'll give you oh, that. Are one. you saying he's falling? Aaron, Aaron no, Rodgers. No, no, are you saying he's falling? Well, of course he everybody falls from quarterback one. Pat Mahomes oh, fell Jesus off Christ. from quarterback one. To quarterback, what, five, even though he missed like three weeks? Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers fell off from quarterback one to quarterback six. And then two? And then, I don't know, quarterback 12? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever, <laughs> still a quarterback one. <laughs> he won't be There's just team. a big gap between the quarterback one and a quarterback one. A low well, he won't quarterback be a quarterback one, one next year, though. Uh, you don't know that. He's on the trajectory to be quarterback 19. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> lost, five, lost five spots, dropped six spots, dropped seven this year. Yeah. So Mahomes is going to fall to what, quarterback 10? Except for Mahomes is what, 24 years old? 12 years younger than a – It's the same trend. Not this the is, same trend. That is a two-year trend. We're talking about a three-year and possibly four-year trend. All right. None of this is the point. None of this is all that relevant. It is because the point is we would take Kenyon Drake over yeah. Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers is falling off. His team is not going to be passing the ball. Kenyon uh-huh. Drake, meanwhile, is the RB1, dominated at the end of last season. I, I mean, and is in a better offense this season with Hopkins. Mm-hmm. So Kenyon Drake averaged 15.3 points per game. Aaron Rodgers averaged 17.65. Bet that flips. Yep. <laughs> okay. And one is on the upward trend and the other is coming down. So let's look, we'll look at ADP real quick. Kenyon Drake going in the fifth round at 5.03. Aaron Rodgers going in the fifth round at 5.08. So I will say, I mean, if you guys happen to, if you guys actually get this right and Kenyon Drake is able to, to score somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, where he was at last year at that 15, you know, whatever points per game. And Aaron Rodgers doesn't improve from where he was. Then I think that this is a legitimate pick. I think that, you know, if you're sitting at 5.03 and, you know, you've got three running backs and one quarterback, 
I, I wouldn't do it, but it looks like it's a legitimate move to take Kenyon Drake rather than Aaron Rodgers. I vamp for a little bit. I'm trying to do calculations here, James, just so I can prove John wrong. (laughs) Prove me wrong. I can't wait for this. Prove me wrong because I just said that it's a legitimate move to take Kenyon Drake. I'm I'm, I'm talking about Kenyon Drake's points per game. Yeah, and as soon as you prove John wrong, he's going to move the goalposts, and it's going to be a different that's, topic. We're going to be talking about how, how many how many <laughs> how many points Aaron Rodgers is going to score when he goes to Carolina. That and is <laughs> quarterback, and he's DJ Moore and all those weapons. Okay, ready? He's with, not going to Carolina. He's going to Cleveland with Arizona. Can uh-huh. Drake average nineteen point seven fantasy points? Okay, so he outscored Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's already a legitimate pick, even without your stupid caveats. <laughs> no, well, no, it's not. If if Kenyon Drake was going in the third round, which like his his highest pick, he went 40th overall, uh, which is a late third round pick. It's a fourth. Early fourth, yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, if he's going that high, you're you're really taking Kenyon Drake with Chase Edmonds behind him with a little bit of an injury history. He's, it hasn't really been that good of a back just in general. And in a, a pass-heavy offense, you're still going to take him over a quarterback, a starting NFL quarterback who is who in his the worst season of his career still finishes a quarterback one yes mm-hmm. <laughs> okay well i mean i can't i guess i, can't I mean you're trying that. to frame it in a light good that looks good for you but the st- answer is still yes yeah it, yeah i mean that's that's crazy especially when i made it look good for me <laughs> a running back that's like 10 years younger too so yeah and really i mean Let's be real. He's actually been very good. He just hasn't gotten the opportunity until last year. He just had to get away from Adam Gase, which yeah, very true, very true. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's uh, and like I said, I mean, these guys have have similar ADPs, so I I can't really take too much issue with it. I would still take Aaron Rodgers, but oh, really? Rodgers, would you? Well, uh, well, yeah, of course I would. <laughs> yeah, you do, you don't. Of say. course I would. <laughs> I, but I want to see if this is you guys' actual line in terms of ADP. So the next running back, off, the next two running backs off the board, because this next one to me is, uh, I, I mean, he's he's got a huge standard deviation. So uh, Todd Gurley is the next one. Are you taking Todd Gurley or are you taking Aaron Rodgers? I, I thought about this. I don't think I can because, oh, I would take, sorry, I would take Rodgers. Okay. Um, only because Gurley's efficiency dropped last year. He's still got the knee issues. Um, they didn't throw all that much to um, their running backs. Well, I guess they did. Devontae Freeman had, what, like the eighth most targets. But Gurley, I mean, as much as he was targeted in, what, 2018, was not targeted as much in 2019. That that offensive line is just not good at run blocking. They sucked for Devontae Freeman last year. They're, they're talking about pass happy offense. That's a pass happy offense. I just, I don't think I can trust Gurley. I think he'll have his games, but I just, I would rather have Rodgers at that point. 
Yeah, yeah. Give me the old quarterback over the beat up running back. <laughs> God, don't say it like that. All right, then in like a well, that's how. I, that, but that's the truth. He's James is just spouting truth, man. Spitting, but, spitting truth. Sorry, spouting truth. You idiot. <laughs> but you don't. You don't have to call him old. That's not. That's not the point of this whole thing. Well, he's um, younger than you technically, so you're old. Uh, yeah, I guess he is. Just, just barely. Just barely. We're, we're awfully close. But, um, uh, one. Uh, but the, like I said, to me, Todd Gurley is actually going a little bit high here at five point oh nine. Um, so right after him at five ten, this is a guy the I, I want to see which side of the line he's on for you guys. But Leonard Fournette, Fournette over Rogers. Yeah, I just he's gonna get it's it's his final year of his contract. He's gonna get just used. Yeah. Um, they didn't draft a running back or anything substantial, right? Right. Right. So yeah, he's just he, they're going to run him into the ground. I think I'm going to take the old the old quarterback over the uh, beat up running back again here. I I think Jacksonville might be in the running for the worst team in the league. I think they're going to be behind a lot, so I could see them being forced to throw the ball. And I think the game script might just get taken away from Fournette. Um, he's not particularly great in the passing game. I mean, yeah, he, he had 100 he, targets last year. Yeah, he he catches the ball. He just doesn't make much. Well, you know, you know <laughs> he, does, I mean, he doesn't create his own yeah, yard. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's, that's kind of that, that that's kind of my takeaway from Fournette. So I, I it's close for me, but I think I, I would I would take Rogers over Fournette. OK, and I mean, after that, we're well beyond Rogers ADP. So I so I'm going to a, a couple things here. First of all, I'm involved in all of these ADP mock drafts. I did not take Aaron Rodgers once. I want to make sure that his ADP is accurate and organic. So, so I didn't take him. It's not my fault that he's going at 508. It seems like based on, you know, first of all, what you guys are saying here and, you know, maybe just kind of the, the consensus opinion, Aaron Rodgers still isn't a real good value. Um, I, I mean, to me, it, it, I, I'll, I'll leave out the editorialism. I'll just say, that in the fifth round, it sounds to me like you can get more usable players, uh, even for one year, than Aaron Rodgers. Oh, God, that hurt me to say that. Yes. Let's move on. Let the Good hate flow through you. That was awful. That was hey, the worst. Hey, 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 hey. That was the worst. Daniel Jones. That's our, 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 next, uh, our next quarterback here. Prepare for battle. Is Daniel Jones? What's the line? I, I think he's pretty. Div- this one might be a little divisive for us. Um, yeah, between James and I. Yes, I was saying like Aaron Jones ish. Okay. Um, I mean, I think Daniel Jones would be fine. I think he'll do better with healthy pass catching options. Um, I don't know about that offense because I don't know what Joe Judge is going to do. I don't know what. The OC is I, whatever his name is, the wide receiver, former wide receiver coach from the uh, Patriots. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, tight end coach, I believe. In special, uh, either way, 
uh, not like <laughs> we just don't know what this offense <laughs> is going to be. Saquon Barkley is going to be back and healthy. So I would think that they rely on him a lot this year um, and just not put so much pressure on Daniel Jones. So I guess that's my biggest thing is like, I think Daniel Jones would be fine. I just don't know what that offense holds. So with Aaron Jones, I know that we're going to see touchdown regression, but I still expect him to get 215, 220 carries, uh, 60 plus targets. So I still think he's going to produce. Um, so I think that's where I draw the line is around that Aaron Jones area, um, which is about the same as where Goff is going, or it's about the same line as what I had for Goff. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me. I, for me, I, I don't think it's any, uh, any secret how much I like Daniel Jones. Um, I've liked him for a long time, even before the Giants took him. Uh, I was a Daniel Jones fan, and I have some questions about his supporting cast. I mean, Sterling Shepard has concussion history, and I don't know if he can hold up and how healthy he'll be. Um, I like Darius Slayton, but I mean, we did only see it for for a year, you know, and I just don't know if he can go into the second year and progress and be that player that we saw last year. Uh, Evan Ingram's a guy who's got to stay healthy. You know, he's been a kind of a disappointment since he's entered the league. Um, So, you know, and then you have Golden Tate who's getting older. So I just, his supporting cast to me leaves a lot to be desired. Um, It's a new system. So I don't know how quickly he's going to pick it up. So for me, I'm a little hesitant on Daniel Jones this year. Uh, to me, the guy who I really like is Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and that's who I would take over Daniel Jones. Look, the, the Chiefs didn't spend a first round pick on Clyde Edwards Hilaire to not use him. They're going to use him, and they're going to use him a lot. He's a good pass catching back and a pass first offense that scores a lot of points. We've seen guys like Kareem Hunt who could catch the ball out of the backfield well and run the ball well. Um, really be be relevant in this offense. Uh, I, we've seen Andy Reid use guys like Brian Westbrook and use guys like, uh, you know, over the course of, of his uh, of, of his career, uh, you know, spanning with the Eagles and with the Chiefs, we've seen him use one running back for the most part and then have a lot of fantasy success. I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is a guy who can fill that Brian Westbrook role in this offense. Um, so I'm really high on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire this year, especially in PPR leagues. So to me, I think I take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire over Daniel Jones. It's really close uh, for me because I like Daniel Jones a lot long-term, but um, I, I think Clyde Edwards, a star is shining pretty bright. And, uh, and I think I'd want him over Daniel Jones. So James actually has, is a little closer to, uh, to his line for Jared Goff. Um, he's as, uh, as Daniel Jones here, because Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going towards the end of the second round, 2.09. Um, again, Derrick Henry at 303, Austin Eckler at 306. So they're kind of more in that range, whereas Aaron Jones going at 4.05. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of crazy to me. I like I get the AJ Dillon thing is scaring some people off, but yeah. at the same time, both Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones, Jones's contracts are up after this season. I would imagine that they use those two as much as they can and then use AJ Dillon more next year. I'm sure AJ Dillon will get some touches, but I would, I I still expect Aaron Jones to be the lead back there. Yeah, I agree. You almost treat to me, you treat AJ Dillon kind of the way you treat the rookie wide receivers. 
Like you, you stash him on taxi squad and wait until 2021. Like that's when you're actually going to, to be able to start him with confidence. Um, but anyways, uh, you know, I digress a little bit here. So, um, yeah, Aaron Jones, 4.05, Daniel Jones, 5.05, an entire round difference. So, uh, obviously Aaron Jones is a lot closer in ADP, uh, to Daniel Jones, but it's still, it's still a full round difference. Um, there's only two other running backs. I'm sorry, John, real quick. And I, I mean, yeah. uh, but where is Edward Solaire going again? He's going at 2.09. Holy Hannah. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 In, so in- that, that's where I, I think we got mixed up was cause I'm like, I just understanding kind of like the pulse or the, 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 um, I guess, is that right? The pulse of the, the masses in terms of fantasy football, mm-hmm. um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire got, I mean, when he got picked as the first running back off the board, was he the first off the board? Uh, yeah. Yes. When he was first off the board to the chiefs, which was like a prime landing spot for everybody, like his stock shot up and, and everybody was talking about him going ahead of, and he might be going ahead of um, Jonathan Taylor at this point. He's going one spot ahead of Jonathan. Taylor. So, right yeah, now. I mean, I, I kind of knew that he would be up there in like the first for, I would, I was, I wouldn't have been surprised if he went in the first, but um, I knew he was going to be in those first two rounds. So I think you as like, I think everybody now loves Clyde. Edwards there, <laughs> not just you, James. So that value just spiked after the draft. That is crazy to me that he is being drafted as one of the top 24 players though. Like, yeah. Who, I mean that uh, last year, Nikhil Harry did not, was not going there and he was considered the 1.01. Right. So, yeah, I, I mean, that class was terrible though. <clears throat> yeah. I suppose yeah. Yeah, even the Saquon was Saquon Barkley even going top 24. Oh yes. He was going in the first round. Was he? Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beyond that though, man, when's the last time that probably it, Zeke. like, yeah, yeah, Zeke pretty easily went in the first round, I guess I too. Think, but, I think CMC might have gone in the first. I don't think so. I don't think he was even first in his was, class. I think uh, it was. It was probably I think it was Corey Dalvin Davis. Cook. No, Dalvin Cook was like third overall in terms of running backs. Really? Um, yeah, Wait, so it went. It went like. I think it was Fournette. Fournette. Fournette it was Fournette and Davis were there. Fournette, I think, did go in the first round that year. But I think Zeke is like the legitimate one where I know he went in the first round. Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah, I don't think Fournette quite made it there. Yeah, Zeke for sure, Barkley for sure. But yeah, this is this is exceptionally high. And then when you factor in the fact that Jonathan Taylor is going a spot after him. This is about is is this is the absolute peak for rookie fever. Mm, uh, I I could see it jumping a little bit more just based off of like hype, anything and like yeah. you get you get that first news that Clyde Edwards Hilaire is running with the ones and and whatever mini camp or training camp and that that's gonna just. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, no, that that's that's definitely true. I guess I mean, like, relative to other rookie classes, I like it, this is this is about as high as it gets. Um, 
in, but I mean, so Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going ahead of Juju Smith Schuster, DJ Moore, Mike Evans, uh, Derek Henry, and Austin Eckler. Um, trying to find some some other name that names that might bring a little shock value. Hey, hey, I, so hey, hey, Brown, I, actually, I, I do have a question about that for you guys though. Is with Jonathan Taylor, bias aside, James. <laughs> Would you would you take Jonathan Taylor in the first, top twenty four players? Not quite, but um, I think that one's close. I don't, I I, I don't like Edward Solaire nearly as much as Jonathan Taylor That's either. Fair. Um, I, well, it was because I mean it I didn't come out of nowhere, but I yeah, mean, he exploded this season. Where Jonathan Taylor's been doing it for three straight seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a here's another thing in the second round though for you guys to to just kind of chew on a little bit. Um, two spots ahead of Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who again is one spot ahead of Jonathan Taylor, is Josh Jacobs. One yeah. spot ahead of Josh Jacobs is Miles Sanders. Yeah, don't so, like those. Yeah, so we've got some inefficiencies all over the place, and and again, to me, that's the whole point of this entire Battlefield Superflex series. It's it's not that you guys are off with your ADP. This is your job to correct this ADP. And, you know, if if you believe that Clyde Edwards Hilaire should be, you know, in the same range as Daniel Jones, and here we are, what, four rounds earlier is where Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going, then like this this ADP is flawed. And this is where we need to you know, as a community kind of change our process. Well, I would, I would say that, um, the, the Jared Goff ADP was just like, well, okay. Uh, I think people, I, for some reason, no matter how much we preach about it and how much like super flex gains in popularity, people still don't really completely understand how nuanced ADP, P is with super like um anytime i see a trade with a qb and super flex people automatically go quarterback and i'm like well john voted for quarterback there but it's not necessarily correct but like they they see the quarterback and then they're like oh well it's got to be the quarterback because super flex that's not necessarily the truth much like yeah i mean quarterback should be going early but there shouldn't be that much of a gap. And, and, and it really depends on how you feel about each individual quarterback. But Jared Goff, who, I mean, in the fifth round, mm-hmm. that's wild to me. He should be, I mean, he should be off the board in the, I mean, back into the third, early fourth to me. That's where he should be going. Like, and But even then, like top 10 probably should be going in the mid to early third. So it's just, it's like people overcompensate at one end and then they don't <laughs> take it into account in the other end when they're like doing startups. It's just, it, it's people don't understand how to rank quarterbacks in Superflex is the issue. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what we're hoping to uh, correct at least a little bit. So, um, I mean, so I, Man, like it's it's such a long drop that it's hard to figure out for James. Like, where's it is the line at like Edward Solaire, 
Jonathan Taylor. Like, I assume you're still taking those guys. Like, Derek Henry, Austin Eckler, you're taking those guys over Daniel Jones? Yeah, I... Yes, I, I think it's a combination of Edwards Hilaire is probably a little too high in, in going too early, and Daniel Jones is probably going a little too late for my taste. Mm-hmm. So I think it, it probably meets somewhere in the middle or close to the middle for me. Um, I just I, a, a rookie running back in the top 24 picks is insane to me. How you can take – and I love Jonathan Taylor, but how you can take any of those guys over Juju Smith-Schuster is insane. Like – that's crazy. There is no way, like no way I would ever do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> it's a ways off. So um, who else then JK Dobbins would, you, are you still starting JK Dobbins over Daniel Jones? No. Okay. So there's the line for you. Um, and for stomp, it was a Aaron Jones. Uh, again, going at 405, what about DeAndre Swift? So, no, um, he's got <laughs> at least one more year, uh, or he's got at least one year of carry-on um, to deal with. I think ultimately he leads that backfield, but is it going to be like a 60-40 split, and what can you really trust from that? Um, so I, I think it would have to be Daniel Jones for me. Okay. Daniel Jones, 17.46 points per game. Aaron Jones, 19.7. So Aaron Jones was a running back too, by the way, is <laughs> scoring about two points per game more than Daniel Jones, who was the quarterback. A running back two or the running back two? The running back two. Okay. Yeah. So I'm using fantasy pros. Um, PPR. So I, largely, largely that was because there is going to be some regression. Right. Um, In terms of the touchdowns. So. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, Aaron Jones, I think is properly ranked right now. I think he's going probably back end of RB1 territory, maybe a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, But I, I do think that he will produce, continue to produce this year over Daniel Jones. Okay. Man, it, it's only, it's a thin margin at, uh, at two points per game. What about Kenyon Drake? He's uh, I, Cam Akers is the next running back off the board. I, We're no. gonna throw him away though. Um, we'll go, with, but we'll, yeah, Kenyon Drake five oh three. He's two spots ahead of Daniel Jones. Is that is that you you guys um, were were way too excited to start Kenyon Drake over Aaron Rodgers? But are you gonna do it over Daniel Jones? I probably would this year. Yes. Okay. I'm I'm yeah I'm on the fence. That would be really close for me. Um, I guess my, yeah, I don't know this year. It's, it's super close. Um, I, I don't, I don't even know. I, I'd probably lean ever so slightly Daniel Jones though. Um, Just cause I want it to be known that Daniel Jones is better than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I, I noticed that part, um, man. And God, you guys keep saying things that I, and I just don't have time. I don't have time for this. Um, yeah, we're just going to move on to the next one. You can have that one. Congratulations. Tired of the same old dynasty format? Think you have what it takes to be a real champion? DLF has partnered up with Safe Leagues and Commission extraordinaire Scott Fish to create the brand new DLF Champions Cup Series. 
In the DLF Champions Cup Series, you're matched up in a super flex tight end premium division with points and payouts awarded every year. The bonus is that every third year, your cumulative points go up against a larger field to see who wins the Champions Cup. Claim a team today and begin your journey to hoist the Champions Cup and claim the $1,000 grand prize. Visit DynastyLeagueFootball.com slash leagues to sign up today. That's DynastyLeagueFootball.com slash leagues. So this is round four. Prepare for battle. Baker Mayfield. Is not good. Oh, <laughs> did, did I just get all the Browns <laughs> fans riled up? Except for James, because he agrees. Um, I... I I said Melvin Gordon. Um, I think he's probably going around back end of RB1 territory, maybe early RB2 territory. Uh, And even though he's going to be splitting the touches with Philip Lindsay, I still think Melvin Gordon's going to outproduce Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield ranked, I believe, as QB25. No, he was the – yes, QB26 in points per game last season. And we know that Melvin Gordon, though injuries have kind of plagued him a little bit, can produce bell cow numbers, can produce top five numbers. He won't do it, but he can catch the ball. He's a good, he's a good running back behind a good offensive line, which the Broncos, I believe, upgraded there. So I think he's going to continue to produce at least for one more year. So for this year in particular, but even in the next two years, even if he stays with the Broncos, I don't like Baker Mayfield. Um. I just he has his issues. You can you can throw whatever caveats you want at me. Well, his bad offensive play call, a bad offensive line, but I just don't think Baker Mayfield's that great of a quarterback. Um, so I just he's mediocre to me, and I would rather have the the RB one for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, see, and to me, I, I, I agree with you that I don't think Baker's very good, but I have a lot of confidence that Kevin Stefanski is going to be able to mask a lot of those, a lot, a lot of the, the deficiencies that Baker has in his game. I think this is going to be a run-first team. I think they're going to put Baker in a position to have a lot of um, high-completion percent type passes where um, he's not asked to do too much. He's going to be working off of play action, working on the rollout, throwing on the move, things that he does really well. Um, I think the uh, the tight end position is going to be his best friend, um, and I think he's going to be good in the red zone. So I expect a bounce back for Baker um, this year. So that being said, I, I took Derrick Henry. Um, I know where Derrick Henry ranks, and he's probably a little higher in ADP than where I would have him. Um, I like Derrick Henry. I just I think uh, I think his usage is going to catch up to him sooner rather than later. Um, so when I did this, it was kind of a long-term answer. But for this year, I would definitely do Derrick Henry. And there's probably some others that I would take this year over Baker as well. Um, I think Baker's going to, again, have a bounce back here. But I think he's going to be a better quarterback for the Browns than he will be for fantasy, if that makes sense. So I think you guys are about equidistant uh, between... Um, on either side here of, of Baker Mayfield. So he's going at 4.07. Really? Melvin Gordon going at 6.11. That's wild. That That's value right there, baby. 
Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, if, like, if, if you agree with Stompy on, you know, what, what Baker Mayfield is, you know, kind of, kind of where his ceiling is, then, I mean, you're better off just kind of, you know, waiting until, you know, until 611 and, and get Melvin. I mean, you could even reach for Melvin Gordon at, uh, you know, at, at, uh, in the fifth round and then come back in the sixth round and get a quarterback. Drew Locke is there. Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford. Like I, I, I think that. Drew Locke. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think that's the move, you know, Sam Darnold uh, in the seventh round, Ryan Tannehill in the seventh round. Like those are the guys that you could get if you pass on Baker Mayfield in the fourth round. Um, on the other hand, Derek Henry again going at 303. So I guess James is is closer to Baker Mayfield, but like way ahead. So, you know, at that point, I think Baker Mayfield is still a value. If you think that Derek Henry and Baker Mayfield score similarly, I think, you know, then then Baker Mayfield is the value. So um so I guess I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a guy who's still ahead of baker mayfield i just want to see which side of the line he's on for you james aaron jones oh this year only right yep this year only i'll take aaron jones okay um hmm. interesting um how about deandre swift no i think i'd take baker there for this year only yeah okay so yeah the 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 line is is right around that area um we'll go to round five we're, we're we'll start rocking through these a little bit faster maybe a little less analysis um and uh, uh cut to the chase just a little bit more prepare for battle uh but sam darnold is uh here in round five so great buy low candidate for QB, but not for next year. He's still under Adam Gase. So I uh, chose Philip Lindsay. I think Philip Lindsay's still going to get about 40% of the touches in that backfield. He's been ultra efficient. Um, yes, I do, John. I can see that face. Yes, I do think he's going to do that. Uh, um, he's been efficient his first two seasons. And but I think any running back getting 40% of, of, the, of the carries – of the running back touches uh, over a uh, any starting NFL quarterback, yeah, over Let's Sam think. Darnold, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> man, that's and, who's and I, catching the ball there? I mean, it it doesn't matter. Honestly. No, it does. It one thousand percent does. What I'm all right, so let's 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 do some dirty math on this because 40%. How many how many touches running back touches are we talking about for the Broncos? Should we can we call it? I don't know. Let's can call we call it, it 400? Let's like call a it nice, four, no, it'll be like 450, probably closer. <laughs> okay, uh, we'll go 440 because that's a nice round number. I hate you a lot. <laughs> 40% of that goes to Philip Lindsay. Okay, do I need to do math for you here? Yes, please. So it's about 200 touches. Okay. Right, let me do the actual math here. I'm doing 450 because screw you. It's 180 touches. Okay. 180 touches 
for Philip Lindsay. And it, I mean, it's probably kind of best case scenario. Sam Darnold, however, in the worst case scenario, is going to throw the ball around 300 times. Okay. About twice as much as Philip Lindsay's going to touch the ball. Philip or Sam Darnold's actually going to throw the ball. Yeah, I'm still saying Philip Lindsay. Because he's under Adam Gase and he has nobody catching the ball for him. Except for Lev Bell. <laughs> I mean, someone's going to catch those. Uh, yeah, let, let, Lev Bell can catch the ball. I, I, I think Mims can catch the ball. A little I think Philip Lindsay will be more efficient. And I would rather trust – and I think he'll be more stable, and I would rather trust Philip Lindsay than I would Sam Darnold. Man, which, by the way, that's a big part of this for me is – is I mean, we can talk about total scoring. We can talk about points per game. The reality is a quarterback is just safer on a week-to-week basis. Like, just to get that out there, I'm not going to – I'm not going to beat anyone over the head with that one. Um, but I – you do you know, really do you really think that w- with Sam Darnold under Adam Gase? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's still a quarterback. He's still going to throw the ball. I, I I'm I'm trying to find his points per game. Um and it's just so everyone knows John just now when he was explaining that closed his eyes and was rubbing his forehead. <laughs> like we're a headache with these with these running backs, we'd rather take over quarterbacks. So, that uh, one hurt. Stompy and I both know that we're doing our job here. Yep, that was confirmation. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Meanwhile, let me hear yours. Gene. I thought we were moving on cl- quicker. I would. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, but you can't you can't say something completely off the wall. How is that off the wall? <laughs> I just told you, 180 no, you touches is the best case scenario for Philip Lindsay, whereas the worst case scenario for Sam Darnold is he's still going to attempt 300 passes, and he's going to only complete about less than 60 percent of those. So, less than 60? I don't know about that. I do. Like, do you think he's he's that he's the problem, or is it is it I Adam think, Gase? Well, I think both of them are a problem. I mean, Darnold. Listen, Darnold wasn't the most polished quarterback coming out, and he's had injuries. He's had sickness. He's had a coaching change. Like, it's not – like, there's a lot of bad things that are happening in New York. Um, and I just – I don't trust Sam Darnold. I like him long-term. Once he gets out of un, out from under Adam Gase, I think he'll be fine. But right now, I don't, I don't want to trust him. But this is where the Adam Gase effect gets overblown. Oh my God! It, All right, nope. It, once he once Ugh. Sam once the play call is in, it can be a terrible play call. Sam Darnold Again, still is the one who throwing is catching the ball, the ball there. Who it, is catching the ball? It doesn't matter. Is it going to be Josh Doxson? You maybe you really Jamison Crowder, uh, uh, Le'Veon Bell, Ryan Off Griffin. Injured, like, old. <laughs> these guys are still going to catch them. These are still NFL players. That They're still mean... going to catch the ball. He's still going to complete somewhere in the neighborhood of 65% of his passes. Under 60. He's, he had, Under 60. He scored 15.55 fantasy points per game in, uh, you know, obviously not a great second year last year. And not going to be a great third year. Okay, but 15.55 points per game. You're going to get that from Philip Lindsay. On 180 can, yeah. total touches. Yeah. How's he? 
180 touches. Let me do some quick math again. It's about 11 to five touches a game. Let's see. Divided by 15.55. He has to get 11 point. Wait. 15.55 times. Well, this, this is the opposite of. <laughs> Divided by 180. 1.38 fantasy points per touch. Hmm. I don't know, man. I don't know. That's a, it feels like a lot to ask to me, but, um, anyways, you go yeah. ahead and trust Sam Darnold. Do, do you? <laughs> I'm going to over Philip Lindsay. I'm going to do it. And I love Philip Lindsay. I take great pride in the fact that I was out in front on Philip Lindsay, but no, no, we were, a... we were, don't you dare. That's fine. You were there. Like That's fine. You were there too. But I, I, the 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 point remains that like that so was I and I have been a fan of Philip Lindsay. It's been one of my calling cards, my personal calling cards. You were there too. That's fine. I'm just saying for me personally, this is somebody that I found. But the time <laughs> the time has come Four. to 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 give up on this one. He's got I'm, a better guy up. ahead of him. I'm, I am not giving up on it. Yeah, I know. Um, James, did we get yours yet? Uh, no, no, you did not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I took I took a guy who uh, Stompy already proclaimed dead earlier in the episode. That he has no knees. <laughs> he, 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 his knees are like you know. Have you ever watched South Park when Kyle replaces his knees with with uh, balls, <laughs> and then he, so he could play in an All Star game in basketball. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and he jumps and lands on them, and they explode. That's that's Darius Geist, and and I'll still take that guy with no knees over Sam Darnold. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Darnold, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I love that so much. Adam Gates <laughs> so. is fantasy kryptonite, and and they've done him no favors with that supporting cast. It sucks. So, um, I I don't have anything against Sam Darnold personally. I I I think he can be a good quarterback, but. I mean, it's it's the the gaze effect is in full full force. So I'll take Darius guys and take the uh, the upside that he has. If the guy stays healthy, I feel like he's talented enough to to get fantasy points. I don't particularly think that guys like Adrian Peterson and Peyton Barber are keeping him off the field or Antonio Gibson. I, I just don't. Um, so I think guys will have a role and a pretty a, a pretty expansive one at that if he can stay healthy in that offense, which doesn't it's lacking weapons, it's lacking playmakers. So um, I'll take guys over Sam Darnold. I I mean I don't I don't have nearly as much of a problem, but with that one, but can Darius guys get to fifteen and a half points per game? Yeah, I mean, I think if he's healthy, absolutely. I think it's within the realm of possibility. Don't forget, when this guy came into the league, he was being drafted just after Saquon Barkley. He was in his class, and he was widely considered to be the the number two running back outside. You know, should have been Nick Chubb. Yeah, yeah, but but people were that high on on Darius Geis and his talent. He's he, he was a very good prospect coming into the league. He just hasn't been healthy. So I think if he stays healthy, yeah, the upside's there. Who plays more games, Darius Geiser or Sam Darnold? 
Uh, Sam Darnold. Pretty, pretty okay. easily. Yeah. Well, just so you know, he's missed several games <laughs> since he started. So in, in 2019, by the way, uh, the running backs who outscored Sam Darnold, his 15.5 points per game, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Derek Henry. Do you really need to tell us the top, like, 10? Well, there's only 12. <laughs> no, 11, actually. So, yeah, I, I might as well. Uh, all right, I'll just, I'll just give you the guys directly ahead of him. Nick Chubb, Mark Ingram. Nick Chubb, running back 11. Mark Ingram, running back 10. This is in points per game, not in total scoring. But um, and Leonard Fournette, running back 9. Guys he outscored included Chris Carson, Kenyon Drake, Melvin Gordon, Josh Jacobs, um, Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders. Okay, we're not talking about Kenyon Drake's 19 points per game, by the way. Uh, 15.3 points per game. 19 with, with Arizona as a starter. <laughs> okay, so there, so we can give him we'll, – we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Now you've got 12 running backs who scored more on a per-game basis than, than Sam Darnold. Okay. You guys are off on this one, but we can, need to move on. Can, to I, the next. can I ask a quick question? Who scored more points per game between Sam Darnold and Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> Son of a let, – let me see. It was, it was still Rodgers. It was Rodgers, right? Yeah. So Sam Darnold sucks worse than Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> God. That's what we just learned. <laughs> You, you are absolutely ridiculous. That is ridiculous. It was. It was. Get him. Aaron Rodgers was two points per game better. Get him. Oh <laughs> on a, on a per game basis. Folks. Don't don't draft Sam Darnold. That's what that tells us. And and Sam Darnold still scored more than all but twelve running backs on a per game basis. Like that. That is what we have to say all the time on a per game basis. Well, that that I mean that's kind of what we're yeah, looking yeah. for. Who's no, going? Who's going to start for you? Who's going to? Who's more likely to be startable for you on a per game basis? No, no. Ability is uh, availability is an ability, John. How many times? Yes. He's going to get mono again. Yeah, uh, I don't. Well, what happened to his? Uh, what yeah. happened to the three games he missed in twenty eighteen? I don't know. His three games. It wasn't mono. He missed three games because of mono, dummy. But he didn't have mono in in twenty eighteen. No, he didn't. And he still missed games. That, that's he still missed three games. That was the point. With, with an injury? Yes. But it wasn't. it's not a repeatable injury. See, we keep saying that. They, they're, they're not repeatable injuries. But <laughs> now you're going to try and – They missed six, seven games, and we're like, but none of the injuries are repeatable. But he misses six, seven <laughs> games every year, like – the one consistent six know. seven games he misses three games every year. Oh, this is not going the way you thought it was. That's okay. No, no, for John, this isn't the way you thought this was going to yeah, go, is yeah. it? <laughs> no, I didn't think you guys were going to be quite this ridiculous. I thought oh. that you guys might take at least a little bit of a pragmatic approach to this, but but clearly not. Now Sam Darnold's injury prone because he had mono in 2019 so i that's that's just isn't always available because <laughs> sometimes problem, the, you might have to wake him up or he might have to take like a a 72 hour vacation to vegas i don't care why he's missing games but if he's missing games then like it doesn't help my fantasy team so <laughs> you could get the corona i, 
don't know. And that's still. Yeah, that, that would be something that happens to Sam yeah. Arnold. <laughs> he's the only one who gets corona. If he's the only one who gets a coronavirus, then I'll concede this point that he has a horrible immune system. I'll well, Mono was pretty contagious. And wasn't he the only one that got that? I'm just saying. <laughs> well, that, now the inference or the implication on that is that. <laughs> Football players are making out with their teammates. So <laughs> it is an Adam Gase locker room. <laughs> There's probably some cocaine parties going on in there. It's looking the other way. Accident. Sorry, man. I did some cocaine before this presser. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> oh my god. I all right. Well, uh, in all sincerity, I actually I really miss being able to podcast with the two of you guys. Um it's it's awesome to uh, to get to do this but all that being said you guys are you guys are idiots but t- <laughs> let's let's get to the next round here prepare for battle teddy bridgewater what's your line for teddy bridgewater um let me open that up uh i i wrote chris carson um He's still the RB1 there. Everybody wants to tell me that it's Penny. No, it's not. Chris Carson's been the best running back there the last two seasons. Stop with the Penny shit. It's yeah. Chris Carson. Correct. Um, I So, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's getting severely underrated, and I would love to hear the ADP for Chris Carson. Um, <laughs> I, I get the overall point of this exercise that, like, Yes, Sam Darnold is going to outproduce those guys unless Darius Geis comes back miraculously or Melvin Gordon goes down. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the point is that like these are guys I'm willing to take above those quarterbacks just because I can't really trust these quarterbacks to be that QB two week in week out. Yeah, um, and these are and, and depth at running back I think is a lot. I, I almost said it's a lot more important than quarterback, but, but that's not true in Superflex. No. Um, but still, I mean, Chris Carson, I think, is going to produce this year. He caught passes last year. He had his fumble issues, but he's a monster on the ground, and I don't see why they move away from him. Um, Teddy's in a great offense, but it could be just a huge flop in year one. It's a brand-new offense for all of them. Um and we just don't know what Teddy is actually going to be as a starting quarterback for an entire season. Um, Do you worry about PJ Walker? Not really. I don't know what that's about. They just signed Teddy to a big, <laughs> a relatively big contract. Yeah. Um, PJ Walker's a <laughs> an undrafted free agent from uh, the XFL. So let's relax there. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, I think Chris Carson is going to be still be a great running back this season. I and Teddy Bridgewater is still a huge question mark to me. Yeah. Where are you at, James? Teddy Bridgewater is interesting because you normally don't get a veteran his age that is such a huge question mark. You know, after signing a big deal and stuff. So, um, yeah, it, it you know you're taking you're rolling the dice if you're grabbing Teddy Bridgewater. We don't know what he is. We don't know what this offense is going to be and that sort of thing. And to me, I. I took David Montgomery and this is a guy who also is kind of a huge question mark. Um, last year we didn't see his best, I don't think. And I'm not a huge Montgomery guy. Uh, I wasn't when he came out of Iowa state. And, um, but I do think he's better than what he showed last year. I think part of it was Matt Nagy. I'm hoping that he stops being such a stubborn butthole and actually <laughs> David Montgomery. Um, 
because that that was ridiculous, just just the way he ran his offense into the ground. Um, David Montgomery needs to get usage, and I'm hoping that uh, that Matt Nagy sees the errors in his ways and uses Montgomery the way he should be used. I think uh, his ceiling is much higher than what it was last year. So this is a guy that I think I would feel more comfortable starting over Teddy Bridgewater this year. Uh, but this this is a tough one because this answer could change midseason or after the first few weeks. You know when we actually see what that offense is and what Bridgewater is going to be. Yeah, that's probably fair. So um, the most interesting part about this one to me is that the two guys you guys picked have almost identical ADP. Seventh round, uh, 706, David Montgomery, 707, Chris Carson. David Montgomery, so I've got their standard, on, on the sheet that I use, I've got their standard deviations heat mapped, and David Montgomery is the first one to get into the shades of red. Um, it's a, it's a, a standard deviation of about 15 and a half spots. So yeah, he's, he's kind of all over the place. Um, he ultimately lands at seven Oh six and they're almost a full round ahead of Teddy Bridgewater. Who's going at eight Oh three. So, um, you know, you guys, you guys probably found some guys here who are, who are certainly in that range. And, uh, you know, like you, like you both kind of alluded to. I mean, these these running backs, particularly Carson, but both of these running backs might actually be safer than the quarterback in this particular case. So, what? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like James said, we just we don't know for sure just yet. You know, and and again, like, how long does it take to learn them? The, not only is it a new system. To Bridgewater, but it's a new system to that entire offense. Mm-hmm. It's a new system to the NFL. It, we we kind of saw with Cliff Kingsbury as well. I mean, it, it took a little time to you know to to implement that offense fully. So and make it you know make sense for an NFL roster. So it it's entirely possible that that same thing happens with Teddy Bridgewater. Now it's also possible that we find out that Teddy Bridgewater at 803 is a screaming value. Uh, but we're not going to know until, like James said, probably a couple weeks into the season at least. Prepare for battle. Next round, Jimmy Garoppolo. Hate him. Yeah, you do. I, I Listen, this guy is the definition of a mediocre quarterback. If you're going to tell me that he took the 49ers to the Super Bowl, I'm going to laugh and walk away. Yeah. Because that was the defense and the run game. And I just don't think I, – I think that he's replaceable uh, primarily by uh, Nick Mullins this year. Um, so I just – I don't like Jimmy. I, I He – he's very – I mean, he's not stable to me. He's not a guy that are going to put up monster points except for against <laughs> – New Orleans, that one game. So Arizona once too. I'm actually going to. Uh, that's true. Um, I'm going to pick his teammate Raheem Mostert here, who I also think is getting severely underrated. There's some late round, later round running backs that I like a lot. We saw Mostert he uh, last year take over the RB one position. They just traded Breda. That offensive line is still great. So I think Mostert gets a full 16 games as a starter, and I think he's the better fantasy asset. In Superflex right now. What do you got, Brains? Yeah, I kind of I, – I agree with that. I like Mostert a lot. See, and when I did this, I, I did it for 
I didn't just do it for this year. So the name I wrote down was Chris Carson. Um, and this was long-term for me because I'm not a Jimmy Garoppolo believer either. Um, I don't hate him. I, I think he's okay. He's just not someone that's a difference maker. He's a mid-range QB2 for me in Superflex. I mean, I'm not drafting him for anything other than that. He's just he's just a guy for me that I can put at the quarterback position and feel okay about it um, in my Superflex spot. Chris Carson is a guy that I think has at least a year of relevance left, uh, maybe two. So for me, uh, you know, this year, it's not even close. It's Chris Carson. Um, I probably, there's probably a few other guys that if I knew I was doing it for just one year, when I initially did this, I probably would have taken over Jimmy G, but uh, I, I put down Chris Carson and that's a slam dunk for me uh, if it's just this year. So let's see, Chris Carson going 707, Garoppolo going 712, Mostert going 812. So, it, I mean, in both cases, the running backs are awfully close in value. Although, you know, Superflex Theorem, Jimmy Garoppolo gets about a two-round two bump. And at that point, you know, then then the running backs have significantly – in in terms of value, the running backs are significantly better picks um, just because of, you know, what you have to pay to get Jimmy Garoppolo outside of the draft. I think that you're better off with these running backs, at least. I mean, if these guys are right and in, in both cases, I feel like these are running backs who are more likely to produce. Well, and I, I think the other aspect of it is that do you think Jimmy's going to remain the starting quarterback for San Francisco? I it, mean, if yeah, he if I he do. has a down season, yeah. I they this is where probably, you lose me, by the way. I, I agree with you on Garoppolo up until the point where he's gonna get benched for Nick Mullins and cut. Well, he could get cut and save twenty million dollars against the cap. Yeah. Which, and Nick Nick Mullins, I think is is a replaceable level player that can replace Jimmy G and they can have that cap space and they won't really miss a beat. Yeah. But I mean, if they were going to do that, why wouldn't they have already done it when the league year started? I don't know. I don't know what these front offices are thinking. I don't work in front. I am an engineer. <laughs> I am a front office manager for my fantasy teams. Maybe they're waiting yeah. to trade him to new England. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's that's probably what it. Yeah, when when Belichick snaps his fingers, then then the trade is done. But yeah, in in the meantime, it's just if you're going to clear that cap space, do it before free agency and use it. To me, but yeah, I mean that's that's fine. I just the point is, is he replacement level? And yes, he is. Yeah, maybe. No, he is. There's not a maybe. He's a replacement level player. <laughs> maybe i mean you're you're and he can like be replaced said, by is, nick mullins I, I love nick mullins but i just i don't i don't think that they're in the same conversation Stop i do 100 percent do jimmy garoppolo led the san francisco <laughs> oh, fuck. i'm just that, I, I just cursed because of that <laughs> Damn it. now I'm you not, have to figure it out it's I'm at 122 john <laughs> i'm not doing it no you better edit <laughs> Uh, yeah, we got called out for that one last week too. Oh, well, that, that wasn't an actual call out though. That was our old friend, John McGlynn, just pointing out that it happened. So, <laughs> um, uh, all right, we'll, we'll just move on though, because I mean, the fact remains like, regardless of what happens with Jimmy Garoppolo and, and in fact, 
to me, this reinforces you guys' point even more is the likelihood, the most likely scenario is Jimmy Garoppolo keeps that job all season and Chris Carson and Raheem Mostert both are more likely to score a significant amount of fantasy points than Jimmy Garoppolo in a given week. Like that's, that's kind of where we're at. So, um, and that's, that's kind of the, the exercise. And we've got three more guys to get through real quick. Prepare for battle. So let's go on to the next round with Dwayne Haskins. I, this is, this is one of the, Bigger question marks for me. Can he take a step, monster step forward in year two? Yes. Could he be the same quarterback we saw last year? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, it, it's a little tough. I, I w- I'm going to say David Johnson. I would say that I, you could probably flip David Johnson or Raheem Mostert for me um, in terms of Jimmy G and Dwayne Haskins. But I'm going to say David Johnson. He is the RB1 there, arguably the best pass catcher among running backs in the league. I think he he bounces back as long as he stays healthy. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Bill O'Brien's going to want to use him um, after hearing all the uh, yeah to uh, prove prove all the haters <laughs> wrong about <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> yeah. He told you Hopkins sucks. Yeah, David Johnson had more receptions. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're the one calling the play, asshole. <laughs> so. Uh, to me, Dwayne Haskins, you want to talk about replacement level? Dwayne Haskins is replacement level. I, I think he sucks. Um, <laughs> and so I, 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 I do. And, and I hate saying that. I just, I don't think for an NFL quarterback, I just don't think he's good. Um, and Kyle Allen, I think is coming for that job uh, sometime this year. So I, I put Ronald Jones down and look, it, those people who think Keyshawn Vaughn is going to be a, a top 24 fantasy running back this year, uh, you're going to be just a little disappointed um, because it's not going to happen and it might not happen for his career because Keyshawn Vaughn's just a guy and he went to a, a nice situation and everyone's drooling over him. Ronald Jones is still going to be the guy there this year. Um, and so I think I'd pretty easily take Ronald Jones over Dwayne Haskins. First and foremost, Ronald Jones is a better runner altogether mm-hmm. than, than Keyshawn Vaughn and People are on this bandwagon that Keyshawn Vaughn's going to be a pass catching back there. Keyshawn Vaughn wasn't a pass catching back in in college. Sure, he had a couple double digit target seasons in his last season. He had twenty eight um, receptions, but he there's this like if you want to be named the pass catcher, you better be catching fifty plus um, balls to be the quote unquote pass catcher in that offense. And there's no. To me, there's no point in taking Ronald Jones off the field if you don't have that guy. You don't have that James White, especially with Tom Brady. The only thing I'll say is Keyshawn Vaughn is better at pass pro than Ronald Jones. I mean, he is good at, at that. Um, so I'm sure he sees the field, but there, there is absolutely no way that this guy is going to to be a bell cow type running back in that offense. Like It's, it's just not going to happen, especially this year. No way. Dwayne Haskins scored 9.3 points per game. <laughs> We've got a pretty low bar set here. Um, is In terms of ADP, David Johnson went 8.01. Dwayne Haskins went 10.01. And Ronald Jones at 10.11. So Ronald Jones is, is clearly the better value. 
as long as you think he can get to nine points a game, which I mean, here's hoping that Dwayne Haskins improves on that. I mean, if he doesn't, if he doesn't improve on that, you're going to see Kyle Allen sooner rather than later. So, um, but you know, if, if, if you're risk averse and don't want to wait and find out Ronald Jones should be able to eclipse nine points per game. Um, and you're going to get him almost a full round later than Dwayne Haskins. Uh, meanwhile, David Johnson, that one, it, it's, it's not great value, but you know, you take him in the eighth round, um, and, and then you don't have to take that quarterback, uh, in the 10th round with Dwayne Haskins. And I mean, at this point we're talking about quarterback three or four, you know, seven in some people's cases. Um, so, you know, this isn't necessarily even a starting type of proposition. This might be just for bye weeks and David Johnson in the eighth, uh, as your bye week replacement for your quarterback too, is still probably better value than, you know, waiting until the 10th round for Dwayne Haskins. Prepare for battle. Next round, Jarrett Stidham. I said Mark Ingram. Uh, like I said, had only under 240 touches last year, was still the RB11. Has Dobbins there now, but still. Uh, still probably can be the, uh, efficient with those touches. Um, would I be surprised if he gets 200 t- touches? Absolutely not. Um, so if he gets 200 touches, let's say, Jared Stidham's not a good quarterback. He doesn't have any pass catchers. <laughs> I mean, he does. He has short pass catchers. Nikhil Harry's in for another long season. Um, but I would take Ingram over uh, Jared Stidham at this point. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, for me, give me his teammate, James White. Um, I, you know, they, you have a young quarterback who's projected to start there in Jared Stidham, um, and James White's going to be the safety valve. You don't have an established um, tight end there to be that safety valve. Uh, I think James White is going to get a lot of usage. Um, he's going to be that safety valve. He's going to get a lot of receptions. We know what he can do with the ball in space. Um, I think James White's going to get used just as much, if not more, than he did when Brady was there. So I'll take James White over Jared Stidham and uh, do it pretty comfortable. Isn't that the ultimate slap in the face that we're taking <laughs> the running back for the same team over their respective quarterbacks? I love that. <laughs> well, and and I mean, just to just add a little salt to the wounds, like these feel a little too safe to me. Like these feel a little too obvious, if I'm being honest with you guys. Although, I mean, let's Stidham going at 10.09, James White going at 11.04. That's really not a, a very big difference. Um, Mark Ingram going at 908. So, I mean, you guys are finding guys who are in that range, but I mean, is Jared Stidham even for sure the starter for new, the New England Patriots? Like, I'm not convinced. Of probably that. not. I think I they really probably should have signed Cam Newton, but and and they still might. I Hoyer, Hoyer finds himself in the same. I mean, he's been in this before, so yeah, it's yeah, just I, one of those. If, if you're actually trying to win games, which they've got a good defense, they've got offensive weapons, uh, you know, outside of quarterback. So like if you're, if you're actually interested in winning some games, are you really going to take, you know, the second year guy over the guy who's been in and out of that system for basically his entire career? I don't, I, I just don't see it. Plus again, like you said, Cam Newton's still out there. 
For all I know, I mean, putting on my tinfoil hat, I wouldn't be surprised if they've already had conversations with Andrew Luck. Like, that's the type of crap that the New England Patriots are always involved in. How disappointed would everybody be if that happened? (laughs) So pissed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be pretty terrible. But so the point being, I mean, we're talking about a guy who we're, we're kind of projecting to be the starter. I don't know that that's even the most likely scenario at this point. Like you would have to give me pretty, pretty good odds to bet on Jared Stidham. I would say it's probably 50, 50 at this point because it's like, well, Hoyer's already been in this offense. Jared Stidham's younger. I don't really know. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The only way to me, the only way Jared Stidham actually gets that job because he's not going to beat out Brian Hoyer in camp. Like that doesn't happen. He gets handed the job because the man that sounded dirty. Um, he, he gets, he gets the starting job because they're not interested in winning games. They're trying to get to the first overall pick in Trevor Lawrence. Like to me, that's the only way that that happens. Just watch. He turns into Matt Castle or some shit. And we're just like, oh my god, <laughs> oh <that>? my god. <laughs> they, they are they are good at doing that too. So and then, but that's giving too much credit to. Um, uh, I don't like to say his name. Yeah, the n- n- Mick hoodie. <laughs> eight and eight. We eight and zero. Oh. They started eight and zero, oh, and they went. Eight and eight. No, I think they started eight and two and went eight and eight. Won eleven more games over two seasons. God, I hate him. But yeah. he's a brilliant offensive mind. <laughs> yeah, especially with quarterbacks. Um, but yeah, so I, the the point being, to me, like you guys found names that are that are kind of right there with Stidham in terms of ADP. But like to me, they're safer guys. Go quite a bit down from here. I mean, Damian Williams. Um, both Matt Breda and Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen, like you talked about Philip Lindsay, you know, Zach Moss, Boston Scott. These are all guys going well, well after Jarrett Stidham in terms of ADP. And I, I mean, I think that they're going to be on the field. Uh, I mean, a hundred percent more than Jarrett Stidham. Like that's the most likely scenario. Like I think that we could go even deeper with that one. If, if we wanted to, but we've got one more round here and let's just go ahead and and get to that one real quick. Prepare for battle. A short-term starter, possibly for the chargers, Tyrod Taylor. Uh, Well, we don't have enough time for this discussion (laughs) that we should have. Yeah. Um, I picked, I picked Jordan Howard. He is the first and second down guy for Miami. He won't be the pass catcher. Breda will be the pass catcher, but Jordan Howard guaranteed is going to get the most carries in that. Yes. Get the most carries in the backfield, get the most touches in the backfield. He's going to get over 200 touches. Uh, Tyrod Tyrod's built for an offense that limits his throwing uses his athleticism and runs the ball. Um, That's where he's best suited. So I wouldn't expect him to throw all that much. Um, Especially because you have, or or if he is going to throw, it's going to be a lot of short stuff. Um, but I, I think Jordan Howard could be another surprise this year. He was a surprise last year for the Eagles. He's been a good running back for his first three seasons, so I think he can do it again. He's going to be like Frank Gore, um, 
not not to knock Frank Gore. Frank Gore is obviously like a, a Hall of Famer, but I, I just see Jordan Howard just hanging around for years and screwing everybody in fantasy. Oh, oh, Buffalo signed Frank Gore. That's fun. <laughs> I would have loved that. I never get tired of talking about the bulldozer. But uh, for me, I, I okay, so I don't think Tyrod Taylor starts a game outside of Justin Herbert getting injured. So it was pretty much pick my running back that I wanted to talk about because I think a lot of them are going to outscore him. And I wanted to talk about Duke Johnson, so I'm going to bring him up. Um, I love the fact that the box score is going to say D Johnson, and you're going to have to figure out whether it's David or Duke. Um, I think that's going to mess with a lot of people, so I think that'll be fun. Um, but I, I just, I, I've always liked Duke Johnson. I just don't feel like he ever gets the opportunity he should. Um, David Johnson's a great pass catching back, but Duke Johnson's still going to see playing time. He's still going to have a role. Um, he's fantastic at that. Um, you know, he's going to be the primary backup for a guy who we've seen miss some games with injury. I think Duke Johnson is pretty safe. Uh, to to take over Tyrod Taylor, and uh, if if you're forced to start him in a week, um, I I think you could start Duke Johnson over Tyrod, and uh, as long as you don't get zero, you're good. He's going. They also need an underneath pass catcher because let's be real, Kiki's not going to do much with Bob there. Kiki. Yeah, I don't. So I don't mind either of these. I will say. I, I think that if you've got Justin Herbert already on roster, I think you have to take Tyrod Taylor over these guys and probably even a little beyond that in ADP. Um, otherwise, if you don't have Justin Herbert, I mean, it, it, it's kind of the same as Jarrett Stidham. I mean, we could easily go even deeper than this. I, I, I don't agree with, uh, you know, with Stompy's analysis on Jordan Howard, but I do, I mean there's there's no guarantee that Tyrod Taylor's a starter. Justin Herbert could win that job in, in training camp. I, I, at least if we've got a normal NFL calendar, Justin Herbert's going to get every opportunity to yeah. just win it outright. Yeah, I, I view Tyrod Taylor right now as kind of like if you want to be uh, John Hogue light and Howard quarterbacks a little bit, um, and he can be like that fourth or fifth quarterback for you that like if something happens to one of your quarterbacks, you got a third one. If something happens to another somebody else's quarterback that needs a quarterback, then you can trade him away. Um, so that that's what I would be. I would not be buying Tyrod to be your QB three at all. I would be doing it QB four, QB five and as trade bait. Yeah. And man, but even then, like the, the problem is, are you going to be able to, to trade him away before he gets benched. Do you know at all what happened last year to quarterbacks? Well, yeah, but uh, I mean, that's the point though. It's like, he still has a shot to be a starter. Right. But for how long? I don't know, but I don't think, I don't, where's he, where is he going right now? Oh, I haven't looked that part. Oh, he's going 1507. Um, and when, when you get to running backs around there and wider, I, there's not, there's swings you can take, but I would rather take a chance that a quarterback gets hurt or Tyrod Taylor is the starter than taking whatever swing I'm taking in the 15th round. Yeah. Um, Jordan Howard going at 12 11. So, um, 
I Tyrod Taylor, in theory, is a better value. Uh, Duke Johnson going at fifteen eleven um, to Tyrod Taylor's fifteen oh seven. So um, Duke Johnson is is probably still the better value there. And I mean, yeah, if if Tyrod Taylor wins this starting job, then his value shoots up. But again, I mean, to me, if he wins that starting job then the trade window immediately opens and you can't plan on it being open more than like three weeks. That's fine, but it's not like I'm wasting a ton of capital on getting Tyrod Taylor or missing on a player there because he could start half the season and you never know what happens in the first eight games where a quarterback gets injured and Tyrod Taylor's there to be the starter for three, four games to help a team out. And you could get a better player than you would be getting in the 15th round. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is if he, if he's going earlier, sure, that's fine. But because it's in the 15th round, is there really much around him where it's like, well, I would much rather have that player than, than Tyrod Taylor in a scenario where he is the starter and you can use him as trade bait if somebody were to be be down a a starting quarterback. I mean, I think at that point it becomes circumstantial because like Jacob Eason is going at 15-12. That's fair. I mean, I would would pick Jacob Eason there, but I I think the point still stands is there's not much there where it's like, yeah, I would much rather have him than Tyrod. It's more of a, okay, I think, I know Jacob Eason's not going to be the starter this year with Phillip Rivers. Mm-hmm. Tyrod could very easily be the starter in LA for half of a season. I mean, if we're talking about one season, because that's all you're really expecting from Tyrod Taylor. If you're talking about one season, mm-hmm. then I would pick Tyrod Taylor in that, well, it, and it really, these are QB rankings, so or these are eight, uh, dynasty rankings, so it's a little tough to say. But at the end of the day, it's whether you want to wait a year with Eason or you could use that immediate trade bait this year. Jacob Eason plays on the Colts. Does he? Are you sure it's not the Titans? James, you're better than that. He is a Colt. Oh man. Well, we made it through battlefield and, uh, it, it was definitely a battle at times. Um, I, I, uh, one thing real quick, just, uh, just so you guys know that the battle may be over, but the war certainly is never ending. Um, I, we actually came up with an idea last night because Ethan, Dr. Ethan has, uh, just, a, a, a just dis- disagrees with me categorically on Jared Goff. Um, so what we decided to do in uh, memory of the gr- the late great Jerry Stiller is uh, we're gonna do a gr- airing of grievances episode where with all five oh. all five hosts that'll be that'll be fantastic. Is we're not gonna get a word in edgewise. Stop oh, I'm just gonna be yelling <laughs> serenity now, <laughs> serenity now. Yeah, you do and I are the pole around or <laughs> you, the metal you, pole. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're just going to have to sit back and wait for the feats of strength. Um, Oh, that's right. I'm going to, I'm going to share this, uh, with you guys. Um, but stomp you and I are already, we're already set to talk about Matt Breda. Um, because I think you're nuts as far as that goes. You're nuts. (laughs) You're I, I just said, I think you're nuts. Um, but yeah, so, so anyways, there's, there's plenty for us to work through. 
uh, now that we're past the NFL draft. So, um, and like I said, I mean, this is a three-part series, this Battlefield Superflex. We still want to talk about wide receivers and tight ends. Uh, and then we actually want to, we can still go quarterbacks versus quarterbacks in some situations as well. So, so two more episodes, two more volumes of that yet to come. Um, but we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up for the week. And as we do that, I'm going to ask you to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Subscribe to the DLF Family of Podcasts, Mega Feed. Um, and do us a huge favor and rate and review this show. It helps us to get more people uh, involved in the conversation and touch on more topics that are useful to you, our super friends. Get at us on Twitter, at Superflex Show. Even better, get to us individually. Stompy's at FF Stompy. James is at underscore James the Brain, and I'm at Superflex Dude. Thank you to DLF for the platform. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the music. And above all else, thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. Yeah.